Kane is in the building. <laughs> Welcome back to the Tip of the Tower podcast, and this one, I think, is going to be one of our best ones because we actually get to talk about a championship finals appearance for a Toronto team. Uh, so as you know, the Toronto Raptors are in the NBA finals against the Golden State Warriors, and apparently, I have a tweet to read out before I introduce our guests, Vivid Seats say the Game 1 between the Raptors and the Warriors is the most in-demand finals game since they began tracking in 2012. Average price for a ticket is $1,360 US. Let me guess, that was the Celtics LA series? Um, well, 2012? Yeah. yeah. I think, well, our, well, I'll introduce our guest so that I can get uh, RJ sake. So RJ Stacy, who is a good colleague, friend of mine from school, I've been wanting to have him on the podcast for a while, so we decided what not better than to have him on for an NBA Finals podcast. So, RJ, welcome aboard to the show. Thank you for having me. I am just as excited as you guys are, man. The Raptors are finally in the Finals. This is insane. I'm ready to. I'm, I'm ready for it. Well, you're taking Austin's place tonight. He has actually uh, he had something to take care of because he's also going to be working the NBA Finals. He is doing some stuff for... Dome Productions, who are contract working with ESPN, so apparently he's going to meet Stephen A. Smith. We'll we'll see. I I said picks or didn't happen. Um, <laughs> and of course, joining us from the states, we got Jake Middleton. Jake, I know you, sir, are fired up because you and I had a time <laughs> the last couple of days last week when you were here in Toronto. Yeah, Game Five and Game Six. I was excited to uh, actually be up there to watch it. I wasn't in my basement shouting at a screen asking my mom having my mom say what's what's happening what's what's going on down there I thought I was injured or something moms are great in these situations because my the day after the Raptors or the first kind of the first uh, morning she watches like breakfast television in the mornings and when she saw the Raptors facing Golden State she's like isn't that the team that made the finals all those years and won all the championships? And I'm like, yes, mom, that's the worst. She's like, oh, it was a good run while it lasted. And I'm like, oh. At first I thought she was saying about the Warriors, but she meant the Raptors. So moms are great in these situations. Um, you know, the, the funny thing is uh, is when Jake was here, like, I, I we've had conversations during games so I get a, a sample of how Jake is during a game, but seeing him watch a game live is probably the greatest thing, the clo- and the closest to watching him live in an actual stadium. Uh, Jake, I loved all your banter against the Bucks. Yeah, um, uh, I love that. <laughs> the yeah. best part about sports is talking trash. Yeah, and RG basically don't... basically better than winning. Oh yeah, pretty much. And RG, the last time you and I got together, we actually watched the Raptors and. 76ers play on uh how long was when was that that was probably back in october november oh yeah that was that was before new year's for sure yeah that was a while ago so it's crazy how far they've come facing those same sixers too uh different team back then but it's just crazy to see how they kind of 
turned back to that point and then took down that same Sixers team. It was pretty cool. I'm trying to think. Was that that was when they got Jimmy Butler too, right? I think that he was on the team at the time. I can't remember. I'm I, like my timeline is messed up with that stuff. Yeah, they had like just gotten Jimmy Butler, and I remember we were thinking we like we got to get on these tickets right away because we thought prices were gonna like spike because they had just made the big trade. Um, they didn't have Harris yet, but um, they did have um, they had Butler. They had just gotten Butler, and then we were we had to get on tickets right away, and then they took him down. Yeah, and not only that, we we were actually thinking like this is gonna be just a good game to watch in general because you know you have. Two teams that have that made those big moves, and uh, I mean, and we also wanted to go see Kawhi. Like he is now, Absolutely. he is the draw, and it, it's it's interesting to see that it was the Sixers that gave the Raptors, in my opinion, the biggest trouble in these playoffs. Like the Bucks, yeah, game one and two, that was you know, especially game two, that was a rough one. But Philly put up, I think, way more of a fight when you look back at everything. I think Philly was the uh, if they I think they would have beaten the Bucks if they beat us. Yeah, Philly Philly is basically everything the Raptors aren't. Philly is huge. They had I think um, the lineup that they started that had um, Harris, Butler, Simmons, Embiid, and I, I forget who. Maybe it was James Ennis. Like every, no, the shortest guy's Jimmy Butler, and he's six seven. Yeah, and the Raptors have these little miniature guards like Van Vliet is five eleven, um, Lowry's maybe what six one or something like that. Like they have I... undersized guards, and that just it doesn't work when you're going up against a six foot ten point guard. Like it's it's not even a fair matchup, and you could tell it was like watching your little brother playing pickup against you. And like and so... yeah, like go ahead, RJ. It's, uh... You you can see that you can see the difference in the two series, especially with a guy like like Fred VanVleet, who what everybody was calling for his head. Like, let's see Jeremy Lin get in. Uh, why is Fred VanVleet even on the floor? Like, guy couldn't get his shot off at all. He was getting shot blocked. He was getting contested. Guy couldn't even hit the rim. And then all of a sudden, we're facing like a still a big team in the Bucks, but somebody that doesn't have as much length as Philly has. And then he was getting his shots up. And then what did he do? Hit like six in a row to put him away in one game. Like it was just crazy to see how poorly we matched up against the Sixers in comparison to maybe a better team in the Bucks, but one that we definitely, you know, the Raptors matched up with a lot better. Well, okay, so when you look at how the whole journey to get to the finals, like, we thought the biggest question about this team, even going into the playoffs, was all those moves they had made, you know, and that that trade for Marc Gasol and, you know, how they kind of just, like, gutted a lot of their roster. They were like, would the bench be enough to overcome any any st- uh, slump from the sh- uh, the starters? You know, can Kawhi carry the team? What Ka- what could Kyle Lowry do? There was like so many questions, and now that we went through you know these two you know the 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 three rounds, and now that we're in the finals, you know, was this something you would have expected? You know, after the trade deadline, RJ, I, I just want to know: Did you, when they made that trade for Gazal, all those questions that people were wondering, did you expect it to go about the way it did? I, I gave, I thought they gave it a better shot. Like, I don't think I expected them to fully go this far. Like, I couldn't expect that. But I really like the way that Gasol fits with this, with this team. His passing is just, is just unbelievable. Like the way that he moves the ball, it's exactly like. 
he's running that exact sort of same of role that his brother did when he played with Kobe. He was just that sort of passer. And then Kawhi, I mean, it's, it's hard to compare them all, but it's that sort. He plays that same sort of role. His passing is just unbelievable, and he just opens up everything else for everybody else. Like second half of the second half of the season after we got him, like they shot the lights out from beyond the arc, and I and I, I I hated to see JV go, but Gasol is just such a good pickup. Uh, but I can't see that I saw this coming. But now that it's all come together towards the end of the season, after seeing how Gasol fit. When the final started, I'm th- or sorry, when the playoffs started, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, this team could go to the finals. But right when it happened, I I didn't see this coming. Well, Jay, and I mean, when you look at what this team went through, um, after that losing that game one to Orlando, there were quite a few questions being put at this Raptors team. You know, could they finish games? Because it was it was I think there was times during the regular season too where it felt like they couldn't close out some some you know close games. There were times where Kawhi couldn't make. You know, there were shots I think that Kawhi probably made in the playoffs that he might not have been making during the regular season. Jake, after that first loss to Orlando, what was your mindset like um, about the Raptors' chances after that? Um, I mean, you just keep getting flashbacks of when they had you know DeRozan and Lowry, and they'd lose games. I remember when they lost you know game one seemingly every year against the the Bucks, against the Pacers where you're like, oh, no, this is going to be like seven games. And I thought, you know, maybe that the they'd match up really well with them, considering, you know, during the regular season they had issues with Orlando. But they just, I guess this, this was the real turning point for me, was when they just blew them out in both the games in Orlando. And in game five, when I was like, okay, there's a chance where they can close this out and get some rest and – and they did. They they destroyed them. They won by like thirty five or something like that. Yeah, it was like one of their biggest uh, playoff wins um, in in franchise history too. Now now that we're in the finals, and I know both of you guys follow, you know, you both follow basketball. I'm sure you two have been following this team for years. I can vividly recall, you know, the Chris Bosh years and you know the Vince Carter years, yeah. like. The, you know, the ups and downs that this team went through, the really terrible players that this team had, and you're just wondering how this team is actually an NBA team. Um, the various coaching changes, you know, from, uh, I mean, you just look at the line of, <laughs> I just, I, you think of back of what this team was and what it is now. Um, what does this mean for you guys? Um, Jake, we'll start with you because I know, I saw the emotion from you when we watched those games together. Um, what what does this finals appearance mean for you as somebody who's followed this Raptors team through the really shitty times and now being able to finally have these this moment uh, as a fan? Oh wow! Uh, I mean, I I'm a transplant, so I've you know I haven't been able to be uh, I haven't really been a basketball fan for my entire life. I kind of picked it up. In like 2007, I think it was, um, when the Raptors had, I think I started rooting for the team when the Raptors signed Hito Turkaloo, oh, and <laughs> everybody was like, oh, the biggest free agent picked Toronto, and I watched it, and you know, you got excited about getting six seats, like when uh, when they played, I think it was Brooklyn, that one year after the trade, you were like, okay, this is cool, and then they lost, and it was starting to grow, like every year your expectations just got higher. And to see them kind of plateau off the past couple of years, 
it was so frustrating because, you know, when we first made the conference finals against that uh, Cavs team that won the title, you you knew it. Like I had no, there was no, I no point did I think we were going to ever win that series. Not when it was two two, not ever. Um, and just to go from that to being down two nothing the Bucks, I I wasn't feeling too hot and rattling off four straight against one of the best teams in the league. I mean, it's incredible transformation. They like all the teams that I sort of support always have that little, yeah, but if like the Leafs, you know, they'll find a way to the Murphy's law. They'll find a way something will go wrong. The Jets, the Blue Jays, the Raptors. And it was just nice to kind of watch this run. And, and you're, you're thinking, you're like, we're going to win this because they, I mean, in this case, it's just nice knowing that you have the best player because you know that there's always going to be a chance and it's completely different than in years past when you're always that underdog. So, RJ, I know that you're a massive basketball fan and, and baseball too. I know that we've had uh, talks about Blue Jays as well. But I'm sure you've had your moments as a Raptors fan or even just as a general basketball fan in this country. I know that, you know, the Canadian, a lot of talk has been about, you know, the rise of the Canadian talent and then. The Raptors' success has been kind of fueling the interest of younger guys. What does this mean for you? I'm just going to ask the same question as Jake. What does this mean for you as somebody who's followed basketball? And you've played it too. I know you've played basketball too. Probably better than what I could do. Um, <laughs> so what does this mean for you? Man, it's, it's like one of the best moments of my life, to be honest with you. As somebody who's a huge sports fan, as we all are, and somebody who, you know, I grew up playing basketball. I've been watching the Raptors since I was, like, three years old. I think about, I'm 25 now. And I've watched – I remember a time where the most exciting thing about the Raptors was Jamario Moon and, like, him Oof. dunking. And Dunk that was contest. the greatest thing about the Raptors. We're putting up – I went to a game against the Pistons where Pistons were just throwing down alley-oops pretty much every single time up the floor because the Raptors were just so ass. Like, <laughs> they were putting up 76 points a game and – and I remember even now it's so long ago, and even recently there was a time where we were getting excited about signing Damari Carroll. Oh, like yeah. that's how that's how rough things have been for, for Toronto sports, other than you know the Jays back when the year I was born in ninety three. So I, I just missed that. I think I was like twelve days old when they won their when they won their uh, World Series in ninety three. And I, I haven't seen anything like this before. And and as Jake said, like uh, with Lowry and DeMar, you know, before we got Kawhi, even when we're up against the Cavs, 2-2, like, they're not winning. Like, even LeBron went out and said, he's like, yeah, you know, we're not really that worried. And because they weren't. Like, and then, you know, they go out and Masai makes this huge – you hear that Kawhi's available and you think, okay, like, not a chance. Like, why – this is never going to happen. Like, we're going to just keep rolling the same guys out there. And then, you know, they fire doing Casey and then, and then they go, you know what, okay. Kawhi's available and then it's like holy shit like no chance though still and then they trade DeMar who's been you know the guy for alongside Lowry who you know they've both been the guy for however long and then you know DeMar who is somebody who you know extended with Toronto wants to stay in Toronto just ships them out for Kawhi Leonard this is the finals MVP this is a top five player in the league he might be the best player in the league uh, and especially on both ends of the court, and which is so important in the, in the in the finals and in the playoffs, and it's like holy shit! Like 
this could happen now. Like, this is the best chance they've ever had, especially, you know, you know LeBron went eat or went from the East to the West, which, you know, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't get past him. And then we go and make this trade. And then it's like, okay, this is, this is a, this is a big team. And seeing it actually happen and they get through the tough teams, like they lose game one against the magic. And it's like, Oh, okay. Like same old Raptors. And then they ring up four straight and then, they have a tough series against Philadelphia and then another tough series against Milwaukee. And then it's like, holy crap, like they actually made it. And it's just like so relieving as somebody who has watched for as long as I have that it's just, it's such an amazing feeling to see this actually finally go down. And it's not over yet either. Like they get to go against the Warriors, like the unbeatable Warriors. And it's just going to be an amazing next couple of weeks, boys. Like the one thing that for me that really, and we were talking about Kawhi and, how people were laughing at the fact that the Raptors would even be interested. I And Jake, you're a betting guy. RJ, I know you like uh, throwing out a little wager once in a while. There was that those odds of teams that, that That's when I Kawhi. thought it was serious. That's when I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm like... And, and I was like, there's one, pe- there's like three people I trust in the news, and it's it's Las Vegas. <laughs> so, like, they've been right about big things before. That They were the ones that picked Donald Trump to win the presidency. And everybody was just like, oh, we're going to put it all in there. I'm like, ah, that's not good. <laughs> and, like, they've done that. They've done Kawhi odds. Like, they're all – like, they all – it's just incredible how you – they somehow finagle this information out of sources or something like that because they're just – they're so good. And and when I saw that, I was like, wow. Um, okay. I still didn't think – I still thought he was going to go to, like, the Lakers or something like that. I didn't, or not the Lakers, the Clippers, because I figured the Lakers, who are just the most fucking arrogant franchise on the planet, would they would do the, what they always do. Uh, we're not going to trade our young players, and we're going to take a risk that they're going to sign with us, and it never fucking happens. And I was right. And I know I'm going to be right for our future teams. They're just going to keep waiting, and it won't work. And so when I saw that, I was like, all right, so there's a chance here. But I, I always thought, I'm like, what the hell do we have to offer? And I never thought they'd be able to trade Demar for him. Demar, the first round pick, Jakob Pertle, like the first round pick. What is it? The thirtieth pick, or is that if you win the title? Um, I'm not. I think there's there's like two picks potentially attached to that trade. Um, I'm no, gonna... it was just one. It's just one. Yeah, I... it was just the just the one this year. Yeah, because I think it might even be. Yeah, because I think there. Yeah, definitely. A first round pick involved and I think any team you get a pick like for, for for the Spurs it's just like we actually need a player back and we actually need like they needed value back and I, I'm, I'm surprised the thing that surprised me the most about all that was the Raptors actually had arguably probably the most attractive sell for San Antonio people thought that you know what the what as you said what could the Raptors actually offer um, and not only to get Kawhi Leonard, but to get Danny Green, um, which is just like, you know. I yeah, mean, I keep forgetting that Danny Green came in that too. Like, Well, he's making you forget about him. He's playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't tell Danny Green to, to shoot. Um, that was that was a funny, uh, funny line from him. Um, all right. So we know we know what the media perception has been about the Raptors the last few years. Um, any chance the media can get to doubt them, especially in the in the states, they will. 
Um, oh, many are. I've n- seen I've seen two people two people in the media pick them. Magic Johnson, hilariously enough, picked them, and uh, Greg Anthony, I think. I'm I'm secretly thinking like Magic Johnson's gonna like be a secret agent for the Clippers and then just like the Clippers s- <laughs> slip over and like try to get Kawhi to go secret agent for the Clippers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, we we've seen. I mean, we know how Toronto is as a sports city. Like they're the mecca of Canada. Um, in the states, they don't view it that way as much. Um, I think there's been a lot of shock about. I mean, look. NBA Finals draws the biggest crowds in no in the world in any sport. I think maybe say for the Super Bowl and the World well, Cup. football and soccer. Yeah, obviously dusted. But when I think yeah, of the they, North, they American, do big numbers. They do like twenty million in the U.S., which is which is sadly like a normal NFL game. But that just proves they're untouchable. But they are miles ahead of baseball and hockey. Yeah, and and I mean like. No, like Toronto has never seen in my from the time that I've known like sports in the city. I don't think the city has ever seen a media, you know, as many people come together for an event, a sports event in this city. Um, this must be a big, big opportunity for Toronto. Not just, I mean, we know how about trying to sell Kawhi on staying here. But maybe not just to sell Kawhi, but other... It's an aud- audition for everyone. That's what the... Yeah. Like, they had Josh Lewenberg on Overdrive, uh, I think it was a, on Monday. And it's talking about, it's basically just an audition. Like, you're getting all these media guys up, up here, and it's like a chance to show your city off. It's like the All-Star Game. And the All-Star Game was not a good look for Toronto, because if you remember, it was like four degrees or negative mm-hmm. 40 degrees. Well, I remember that. Yeah. Everybody, everybody was in coats and... And they were complaining about the weather then, and Toronto's a lot different in the, in June than it is in the middle of February. And RJ, I mean, you just talked about some of the players that the Raptors have attracted and signed in past years. Like, you know, we think are big signings, but in the states, it's just like, yeah, maybe maybe lower down the hype a little bit here up here. Um, but do you do you think that this can have a big everlasting impact on? Toronto just as a market for other players? I think it can, especially because all these players are going to be down here for the finals, and then we get to actually host the finals. Home court advantage here is a big deal. they got the media day in Toronto, and, like, it, it's a big deal for Toronto to have the home court advantage here and then have everybody, you know, come up and actually see that they get to host the finals. And driving free agents in, I think the way that they've actually treated Kawhi this year you know, giving them the load management. They've kind of been like, hey, you're a superstar, and, you know, we're going to we're gonna treat you like one. I think the way that they've actually done that, and, you know, especially after, they, you know, they caught some flack, you know, because DeMar was a, was a star and, you know, they treated him improperly. But, you know, they're showing the way that, you know, they're treating a superstar, you know, well in Kawhi. And they're all going to get to see the city in a big way this, this uh, next couple weeks with them hosting the finals. And I think that, you know, this next couple of weeks is a big deal. And this whole last year is a big deal in uh, being able to sign a big free agent. But I'm hoping that big free agent is Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> uh, we're going to get to Kawhi's future later on. I, I don't want to overshadow what this what this really means for the city. I mean, to have a finals like this. Um, I, I know that the biggest uh, ratings draw recently was uh the blue jays in the uh 
in the playoffs. I think that was over five million, five point two million, if I'm not wrong. That's it was kinda, like six for Game Six. I'm just trying to remember exactly how many. Um, I, I heard five. Let's say between five and six. That's like the benchmark for these finals. Do you think the the ratings will go in Canada? I know in the states, Jake, they're through the roof, and this one might actually be better than in past years because it's not, you know, the same team from the past four years. You actually have a different team on one end. Do you think these finals will set a new record in Canada and maybe have better numbers in the states than maybe some people would think? Oh, I think they'll get ten million. I think they'll get ten. Ooh, that's a big, that's a big number. RJ, what did you, th- what do you think the numbers could be like in in Canada here and and maybe potentially in the states? I could see it getting up, almost probably about as high as ten. You know, the the past few, um, the past few series have been some of the most watched basketball. You know, in in, in history for the Raptors, like people are really getting getting uh getting in. Sorry, ugh. they're really starting to get um in on this team and especially with all the Jurassic Parks going on now, like there's going to be everybody, everybody watching this game. I don't know if that'll affect the ratings at all because everybody's watching in the same place, but everybody is on this team right now. Some of the hype for this Toronto team is some of the biggest I've ever seen. There's Kawhi's getting talk about being the greatest Raptors or sorry, greatest Toronto athlete ever, which might be, which might be premature, but it's just showing how much hype this team is drawing right now. And I think everybody's gonna be watching this game. I think Jake could be right. You know that they could get they could get up to ten. Yeah, I I would be. I'm very curious. I don't think it's gonna happen right away. It could be. I mean, first off, game one is on a weeknight. Weekend games generally will probably draw a little more. Um, the nine o'clock start is going to be something to get used to. If I'm I'm telling people, you may want to rest up because you know. Nine o'clock starts are not something that us they're brutal on the East are used to. I've I've watched games starting at nine because of work, and I'm used to staying up until midnight, one a.m., two a.m. But the, for the people who have you know work the next day, I mean, first off, the next day is a Friday, might be looking to take a, a three day weekend. Just just put want to put that out there. Um, but we know we know what these. Uh, what these games could be like um, in that regard. I think the numbers will will reflect that, and they should. Let's talk about the actual game, the actual series itself, and let's get into little predictions and what we think could happen. We, we've seen the Raptors go through their ups and downs, especially offensively in the playoffs. But what do you think will be the biggest weakness for this team to overcome? Jake, let's start with you. Uh, the Raptors... I think it's it's got to be secondary scoring for me. Um, like I've watched the Warriors a lot, probably like probably a hundred times over the last two years. And the thing with the Warriors is they don't get a lot of credit for their defense because they score so many damn points. But if you watch the end of that Portland series, they straight up locked them up in the final final series. Like. The reason why Portland didn't win is because they leaned so much on their best players, and their best players went ice cold. I mean, so you're going to need secondary, and you're going to need secondary scoring and scoring off the bench. Um, But also, the big thing is they can't give the Warriors that many wide-open threes, especially to Klay Thompson and and Stephen Curry. Now, I I think they're going to completely change their defensive game plan because they're playing a, a different team, like... Obviously, the Bucks are more of a give Giannis the ball, let him drive, and he'll usually dominate the paint, and if not, he'll kick it to their shooters. But 
and the Warriors don't really have a guy that's dominant in the paint. But they, I mean, if they give the Warriors the same looks that they gave the Bucks from three, they're they could get torched because these are two. These are for my for my money the two best shooting guards of all time. RG, do you do you agree with that? Do you think it's going to be a the Raptors' ability to get some scoring other than from their starters and their perimeter defense, or what do you think it it's going to be that will be a big issue for them? Uh, the, the big weakness, you know, Jake pretty much nailed it, is that uh, a lot of times it looks like Kawhi has dragged this team on his own, and that's not going to be able to happen against the Warriors, who have two, three, four all-stars. Anybody, even without Durant, tons of people on the floor who can put the ball in the basket. And if Kawhi's the only one who can do that at certain times for the Raptors, or when he's on, on the bench, off the floor, if they're struggling to score without him, that's got to be the biggest weakness for the Raptors. There's also been times, you know, in series where their offensive and defensive rebounding hasn't been great. Sorry, giving up offensive rebounding. That's another thing they cannot let happen against the Warriors. If you give the Warriors two, three chances at a bucket, they're going to make you pay every single time. So I think that's another big thing. That more happened against the Sixers. They really started to show it up against the Bucks. That could be, you know, because of the length difference. But they can't give up second and third chance, chance opportunities against probably, you know, the greatest team in the league, one of the best teams of all time. We cannot let that happen. Second and third chance opportunities can't happen against this Warriors team. And then, as, as, as Jake said, you know, nailed it right on the head. Uh, the secondary scoring outside of Kawhi and then Lowry. And then even Siakam's got to step it up a little bit uh, more than he did against the Bucks as well at times. I think, you know, a lot of talk has been about how the Raptors and you know, Warriors haven't seen each other for a while. I mean, I think since, what, December? Um the last time they played each other in the regular season, a lot has changed, uh, and a lot was different in those two games w- between who was in, who wasn't playing. Um, I, I and now one thing that you saw the Raptors do though is frustrate the Warriors and defend, you know, make them take the tougher shots. So I think defensively, that's not that won't be my main concern. It will probably be more on the offensive side of the ball. You know, how many times do we see Danny Green miss open shots? Mark Gasol missed some open shots. Like those are the shots you're gonna have to make against these Warriors. Like you know, there's times again where Portland was making these insane shots, or they were you know these shots were just going down for them, and that was just to have them stay, you know, up against them. This wasn't even like to you know there was times where they took leads on those, but I think the Raptors, as good as they can be defensively, it's gonna be their offense. I think that's gonna play a big factor. And I'm just wondering, though, is whether Golden State... We, we talk about how good they can be. RJ, you mentioned, like, one of the best teams of all time. And I, I wouldn't disagree with that because they've been able to do it for so long. They've been able to do it together. Um, but do you see kind of a chink in the armor? Something that can, you know, the Raptors can potentially exploit, RJ? Well, they got to take advantage of these first couple games without Kevin Durant, for sure. That's one thing they definitely, definitely, definitely need to exploit in this series. Uh, that's not necessarily something on the floor, but that's just something, you know, that's going to happen. He's not going to play in game one. He's probably not going to play in game two. So, well, I don't know if he's definitely not going to. Is he, is he out for game one, for sure? Yeah, he's yes. out for yeah. sure for yeah. game one. But, pro- but he's probably out for game two. So, they got to take I think he's out. I think he's out the rest of the playoffs, personally. Uh, yeah, I mean, as, <laughs> as, as we said, somebody who has seen so much go wrong for Toronto, I can't count, I can't count him out coming back quite yet, but, um, they definitely got to take advantage of Kevin Durant being out. That is the one thing 
and that is going to be a big deal in this series, as well as, you know, taking care of home court advantage as well, is that is the one, you know, big negative that the Warriors have right now is that they don't have Kevin Durant. Uh, that can, you know, they can just throw the ball to and go get a bucket. So they that's one less person that they really have to take a lot of credit for. So they really got to... So they really got to take advantage of these first two games without him on the floor. One thing I'll say is, uh, is Steve Kerr did say like Durant's going to put in some individual work. Like he hasn't scrimmaged. He hasn't done anything to suggest he's coming back soon. So I do think if he plays in game two, I will be personally shocked because at least DeMarcus Cousins, who's considered questionable to even get into this, uh, into this series has done some scrimmaging. Like, the fact that Durant hasn't even done individual work, I think would suggest, I think, Jake, you're you're on to something in that I think he won't have as big of a factor, at least for the first three games. Maybe going back to Golden State, because they do have the time off in between games that could play a factor. But, I mean, this is not something he can just, you know, heal up quickly. Um, I didn't expect uh, Cousins to be even be an option, but apparently his rehab just went so well. Um, he's but, been out like six weeks. He's been out a pretty good amount of time. Well, he's been out since the beginning of the like beginning of the playoffs, wasn't it? Yeah, one. So. Yeah, we're, since a- mid-April. And I mean, people thought that that was it for him. Like his his time, you know, in the in the playoffs were over. And he somehow has able been able to rehab and come back. Like this is two traumatic injuries uh, he's had to come back from. But Jake, do you think and you and you just talked about how you don't expect Durant to play? Um, is he the one that you're worried about the most um, in this series, or is there somebody yeah. else? Other- no, it's it's Durant. <laughs> I don't want to play that guy. <laughs> uh, I mean, he for me, he's the most dominant scoring player I've seen since Kobe Bryant. Where he, he's a guy, especially if you get him going, like if you engage him physically and you get talking with him and you get him mad, he will kill you. Like the thing I loved was when the Clippers, like they put Patrick Beverly on and this melty little short guy thinking he's going to do anything to Kevin Durant. Like this is just, this just builds the fire in him and he will murder you. I mean, I, I don't want to play him. I think the first time he in Toronto – he single-handedly almost won them the game. 51 points. Like, he, there are times when he is just absolutely on fire. He, he can be hotter than anybody I've ever seen. Like, he, he just hits shots. You're like, oh, shit, this is a bucket. And it's like a guy's, like, touching his nose. And it just it, it doesn't even hit the rim. Like, for me, he's the most clutch player in the league. Don't want to play him at all, especially if it's a close game because it's probably going in. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant. Uh, the past couple of years has just been absolutely terrifying. Uh, I mean, this is his entire career. You know, even with OKC, I felt like he was like he deserved to at least win a title in OKC. Although, I mean, we don't really care about OKC at all. Um, but I felt like you know, you look at that those teams they had, and he couldn't get they couldn't get over the hump, and it definitely wasn't him. Um, no, it was that a certain other point guard that likes triple doubles. <laughs> um, let, let's have a little more fun here. And in kind of the underlying story of these playoffs has not been even just the Raptors. It's been their global ambassador, Drake. We know he, I, I call him the spirit animal of every Raptors fan in the city. RJ, Drake, enemy or just 
a guy that people are overblowing everything he's doing. Drake is an excuse for the Bucks. The Bucks got beat up by the Raptors in four straight, and they didn't know how to handle it. And they said, "Oh well, fuck Drake. It's his. It's his fault." Drake is doing nothing that somebody like a Spike Lee or a Jack Nicholson doesn't do or has done in the past. Remember Reggie Miller, you know, talking shit with Spike Lee the entire time in their series. It's just Drake. They're mad because Drake massaged the coach's shoulders. Like, who gives a shit? Like, Drake is out there. He's repping the entire fan base of Toronto. He's out there. He's, you know, he's chirping. He's talking shit. Just like Jake said, the most fun, the fun part of sports is talking smack. And he's just out there having a good time and just, you know, showing his appreciation for the city of Toronto. And he's just showing the spirit of everybody out here in this city and in this country. And, you know, even Jake in the United States, all of these fans. And Drake's just out there, you know, putting it all on the line for the city that he loves and the team that he loves. And I think that it's getting completely completely overblown, not an enemy at all. Not only that, and, and Jake, we, we heard about how uh, the NBA talked to the Raptors to tell them to have Drake cool it. And, and I mean, we know the response from the Raptors was that, no, we're not making him change his seats. They know the impact he can have just on the excitement and what he means for this franchise. Um, and, and I know you, you and I had a big, uh, big laugh about everything Drake was doing, um, you know, in when, you know, with, uh, with the, with the Raptors. And I think when we were watching game, game five, you know, watching Gucci man and watching the Bucks owner, all that stuff and owner's daughter. Yeah. And how like really, really, I, I, I've never seen a celebrity at a sporting event have as much of like be as much of a a talking point for doing what you expect a fan to do it's, it's become such a big debate um when it comes to would you think drake has maybe anything special i mean i i don't know how much he can do but do you think he will take him his fandom or what he's doing to another level would you want him to uh no <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, I mean, especially if Kevin Durant is there. Like, remember, he was pissing off Kevin Durant in that game. Oh, yeah. And Durant had, like, 56, and he's like, I don't give a damn about no Drake night. Yeah, don't do that to Kevin Durant. Do that to guys that can't shoot. Do that to Brooke Lopez. Do that to Giannis. Do that to Embiid. I don't care. Don't do it to guys that can absolutely kill you by scoring every single play. Uh, I I mean, I think the whole thing's been overblown. I I mean – all I see is him like talking trash. The thing with talking trash is people complain when you talk trash when you're winning. They don't care if you're if you lose. If the Raptors were out in four, they wouldn't have said a thing. Then you just if 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 you're crushing them, you put your ear up and say I can't hear you. But I mean, he like I don't know if it was him or if it was Kawhi or it was the crowd, but they got in their heads and it ruined it for them. The Bucks couldn't make shots. Giannis couldn't make shots, and he couldn't even make free throws. Yeah, and I mean, when you, I mean, this is the thing about the Warriors. Like the Warriors, and and you and I have seen, uh, we've all seen the, the questions being asked the Warriors about Drake, and and they're, I love their reaction. They're kind of just like, are you guys actually being serious right now? We're in the NBA Finals, and you're talking about because we're champions, and we yeah. don't give a shit. We're the favorites. Like Draymond Green has been big on this. Like Draymond, his he literally said, Drake can't shoot nor he nor can he pass. Exactly. <laughs> like, like that's that's when you're champions. You're like, I don't care. We've probably seen worse. 
and and somebody had actually asked Clay at the at the press conference, like, if a Drake song comes up in a playlist or on the radio, are you gonna switch it? And literally his yeah, response was, it was, was Corwin from Bar Down at TSM. And he's literally like, if the song is bad, I'm gonna change it. Like, yeah, he, he was like, <laughs> what? I I don't think I've ever seen it. I I just never seen anything like this. I mean, I love what what Drake does. I mean. Toronto's been criticized so much, especially especially the Leafs, for not having real fans at the games and how quiet the atmosphere can be. And I, I just like it that you know we actually have a fan that can represent the passion the city has for sports. So, um, I I have no issue with it. I actually think Drake has been great. He was really good in. Uh, he was at that uh, party in game for game five. Yeah, game five, and <laughs> and his reactions were were phenomenal too. So, I like the passion. I like the emotion. All right, let's talk about Kawhi. And there was a couple of things I wanted to bring up here, and the main one is, I don't think I've ever seen a guy take such a business approach to a season, when literally every single sports show in the states. So, like, th- th- I'm gonna bring some context to this. I I am a guy who works a lot of nights and so I don't get to watch the early morning uh, you know state you know sports shows in the states like first take this stupid ass show called undisputed uh, get up I think is another one like there's a bunch of them down there and I wanted to hear what they had to say about the Raptors being in the finals and the very first thing the main thing they talked about was Kawhi's future not only was I annoyed about that because of you know the Raptors are in the finals and that should be the the storyline, but I cannot believe that that Kawhi has been able to be as effective as he's been playing at the level he's playing at, despite all the constant distraction about his future. RJ, have you like as somebody who I think you and I probably may share the same feelings about this, but have you been surprised about Drake about Drake Kawhi's business like attitude throughout the season? You know, you, you kind of hear about his, you know, robotic, stone-faced attitude from when he was at the Spurs. And, you know, he doesn't really talk to the media much. He doesn't really give you answers. And So I'm not overly surprised with how he's handled it because people, all they do is ask him about where he's going. He's like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to Toronto for the next game. No. Or, you know, uh, do, you, do you like Toronto? Like, are you going to stay in Toronto? Like, it's cold in Toronto. Like, oh, I'll wear a jacket. So I I love the way that he handles it. And it, 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 it just, the way he handles it is, it's just so kawaii. The way that I've heard about him in the past and watched him in the past, you know, handle himself. I'm really not surprised. And I actually am pretty impressed with how he's dealt with everybody talking about his future, but I'm definitely not surprised with, you know, some of the answers he's giving because, but because um, it's just who he is. And, and it's just that all business, all the time approach, like you said, you know, he's focused on the next game that, you know, that I love about him because it makes me know that, you know, he's going to give it at us all in these playoffs and in these finals, because that's what he's here for. He's not here to listen to what the media has to say about him. He doesn't have social media or anything like that. He's just focused on basketball. Like he's here to work and, you know, whatever he does next year, nobody knows yet, but he's handling it like a pro and he's just all business and he's ready to play basketball. Well, Jake, I know you're consumed by this more so than us because you live down in the States and you have to probably listen to a lot of garbage 
takes, um, mainly from Skip Bayless, who has been like, if you ever want to feel better about yourself as a human being, just look at Skip Bayless's few, like the last, you know, what, two weeks of his timeline. Um, the fact he can't even say Kawhi's name, he calls him number two. Number two. That is the uh, best. <laughs> or just don't watch it. Do literally anything else I, for your day. Like, see, like, I don't watch it, but I wanted to watch it that one time. And, oh, man. Like, it's it, it's everything you hear about it. Like, it's everything you would expect. But, Jake, first off, how do you deal with that as a sports fan down there? Um, I know don't watch it is probably going to be the main answer. But, like, what do you, what do you think about how... Kawhi's been able to deal with, even though he lives up here in Canada, probably doesn't hear all of it. How do you think he? How do you feel about the way he's handled everything this season? Um, if, personally, from what you've seen. Oh, it's been amazing. I mean, for him, it's even if even if he does hypothetically he does leave, like, I, I, how can you hate hate on him for it? Like, one, he didn't want he w- didn't request to be here. The Spurs traded him anywhere. And, you know, by by the media's accounts, quote unquote, he didn't want to play here when it started. And from the start, he just said, I'm here for a year and I'm here to help this team win. And we'll see what happens from then. Like he's been incredibly consistent in his answer where he where nobody knows where he's going like that. that that's the worst part about like these ESPNs and first takes and undisputeds and all all that trash is. I mean, they're basically in the game of getting people to follow and to click on it. And they basically, I watched a clip on, uh, I think it was, I think it was either, it was either get up or first take where they were talking about the Lakers, of course, even though they're already out. They, the names they brought up for LeBron James to join LeBron James was Kemba Walker, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, uh, Tobias Harris, um, Anthony Davis. I'm like, oh, so every single player. You, you name seven players that could possibly be going to LA. Like, I, I don't. The thing that's weird is it, it. It's never been like this since I guess since LeBron went there. Like right before LeBron's free agency, I've never heard it this bad. Where they're basically just aching to push a guy to go to the Lakers, and. I mean, for a guy who just gets, I'm sure he gets asked a billion questions. He doesn't even use social media. And to fact that, I, I'm, I'm shocked he hasn't just said, just stop, quit asking. I would say just stop asking me because you're not going to get an answer. But, I mean, they keep trying. I guess the annoying part about it is that you watch you watch the thing, you watch Media Day Today and all the American reporters are basically asking Raptors players, not about themselves, not about the finals, like, How's Kawhi as a person? And they're like, uh, he's he's a normal guy. He's a regular guy. Like every single player that was interviewed was basically asked the same exact question. And I mean, just just for him to go about it this professionally, if he wins a wins a championship at the Raptors, and he does end up going to the Clippers or wherever, I mean, I I can't I can't hate on him because he was consistent and not saying anything. So I didn't I didn't have my hopes up, but it's gotten to the point where you hope he stays, but if it if it's just about his, you know his family and stuff like that, he's left himself in a position where he there's no blame that I'll put on Kawhi Leonard if he if he leaves. And I mean, let's just talk about you know just his performance in general. And I don't do you guys remember the last time Kawhi 
played Golden State in the in the finals or sorry in the playoffs. Yep, uh, Zaza game. So we we saw pretty much a guy that was almost single handedly capable or should have been capable of putting the Spurs over the over the Warriors in that game. He gets injured, and then they uh, and they and the Spurs absolutely implode. Um, knock on wood, I do have wood beside me. Uh, the Raptors don't have to deal with something like that. But we saw probably that was probably Kawhi at his best, or you know, at his most dominant. Do you think he can reach that level? I mean, we we see that he's at you know probably uh, star. You know, he's at a superstar level right now. But do you think he can? maintain and carry this team in this in this series or even take his game to another level if there is another level i i think we can see it like we've seen it the entire playoffs we're at stretches in, in the end of the third quarter and you know in the mid fourth quarter end of fourth quarter where he can really just single-handedly put six eight straight points up on the board and and really take over a game on both ends does he have one extra gear i'd love to see it if he does but he's already, you know, done more than anybody could have ever asked for this team in the one year that he's been here. I'd love to see if there's another gear that he has right now. I know he's definitely looks like he's, you know, limping a little bit out there at times. He's definitely breaking down a little bit. But hopefully this this rest, you know, getting to beat the, the Bucks and Sticks instead of seven, getting a couple extra days off, really helps him, you know, refreshed. And he might help come out with an even bigger series in in, uh, in the finals now that I'm thinking about it. Because he was definitely hurting a little bit in that Buck series, maybe a little bit more rest, and you know he'll be a little bit fresher. And maybe we do see that same level uh, that he saw that we saw in that game against the war or against the Warriors a few years ago. And thankfully, there's no Zaza this time uh, to make some sort of dirty play on him. But uh, I think that you know I think there might be another gear because he might be fresher. He might not be as uh, as injured or hurt as he has been. So uh, I'd love to see that extra gear. It'd be it'd be amazing to see if he has even more. But he's done so much more than I could even ask so far. Jake, where do you where do you see Kawhi having his biggest impact in this series? Oh, both ends. I mean, it's just so cliche to say that, but I mean, I've watched a lot of basketball the last five or so years, and you always watch. There's, there's hard to watch the Warriors and see them get intimidated by, by a player. Like, the only two guys I've seen them get intimidated by outside of um, Kawhi in that series with the Spurs where they were shook. Like, he, if you watch it, he was just shutting down their best player, shutting down Durant, and on both ends. Like, it is so demoralizing to watch a guy just lock up your best player get buckets, transition buckets off of him, and then kill you on the offensive end. He had like 26 points in 24 minutes in that game. And he was just—he was basically doing what he was doing in game five and six for the Bucks, where he was driving and dishing, and they were hitting open shots. And the other guys were LeBron James, uh, when, whenever he played them, because, my God, def- bo- at both ends of the court, he was absolutely dominant. I mean, obviously we know the chase down block and Iguodala, but... It's it seemed like every single time he went went to the hole he got a he got a bucket and that's where you just got to intimidate the Warriors. It's hard to do, but the, it can be done. And the last one was when they went up, we were down three one to OKC because Kevin Durant was just putting on an absolute field day against them. And then obviously we know what happened with um, OKC just going ice cold and Clay and Steph 
going like 80% from three and and seven for and like 11 for 13 in game six. And those are the only two guys I've ever seen basically the closest two players to beat the Warriors in the last five years. All right. It's time for prediction time. Two, two questions I got. Uh, well, three. Um, what storyline are you looking forward to, to watching in this series? I mean, for me, I it's going to be can the Raptors just match the Warriors level? Um, because I think this is going to be the best team they'll play in the playoffs. I mean, we know the Bucks were the best team in the NBA, but I don't think they played like that. Just based off what I've been seeing from the Warriors and they hadn't there's only been moments where I think they've looked vulnerable. Um, but not like again, we, we just don't know what what they're gonna do because they're just so good they can just turn a flip a switch. Um, I'm curious about that, but what's a storyline you guys are curious to see develop in this series? Uh, for me, I think one one that I'm really looking forward to see is, you know, the fans. Uh, all the fans across, you know, the entire country watching this team in, in different Jurassic parks and and at the and at the uh, at the arena. We already talked about uh, or we talked about how expensive tickets are this year to even get into the place because of how high the demand is. And all the fans and you know, people, you know, sometimes down the state say, you know, Toronto, not a big market, not a big fan base. You know, they got an entire country behind them and seeing and getting to see this on a big stage like the finals, people all over the all over the globe, all over North America are gonna see how big of a fan base that the Toronto Raptors have and how good of a fan base the Toronto Raptors have and how they can use that to their advantage, especially getting four chances at home. If they win all their home games, they get four of them. So it, 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 that's a big, big, uh, big storyline is the home court advantage and getting to see all of the fans of Toronto and in Canada and down in the States like Jake. Uh, I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how the rest of the, uh, the, rest, of the league, rest of the league reacts to that. Jake, what's, what's the thing you're looking forward to seeing the most? Yeah, the, pretty much what he said. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how you know fans will react. And I'm, I'm also really looking forward to seeing how you know the longtime Raptors react. I want to see how Lowry reacts to playing in the finals. I want to see how uh, Norm Powell reacts to playing in the finals, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol playing in his first finals. The only guys who have been here to a finals has pretty much been Kawhi and Danny Green, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I just want to see how they handle the moment. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, the Warriors, they've played in basically half a season's worth of games in just the finals the last five years. And I want to see how they handle it. I, I, think they can, I think they're all ready for it after stepping up in games five and six and Kyle having a fantastic series against the Bucks. I think... I think he, they're primed and ready to go, and I'm really excited to see what they do. All right, let's get your series predictions. RJ, what is your series prediction, and who do you think will take home the finals MVP? So I think there's there's two possible there's two possible uh, series predictions here. I think it's either Raptors in five or Warriors in six, and I'll tell you why. Because the Raptors have home court advantage, if they can take if they can take care of the first two at home. They have the advantage going back to Golden State. And, you know, if they can pick one up on the road there, then they can close it right out of game five. And I think that's the most likely scenario for the Raptors to win as opposed to taking it all the way to seven games. If they have to play seven games against the Warriors, not sure I love their chances, especially because that gives a Durant more of a chance 
to come back and get healthy for those five game six game seven and then the Warriors they could pick one up right on the right in the first two games and then pretty much think okay let's finish this off at home six games and then the Warriors just win that way so I'm going to go with a bit of a ballsy prediction I'm going to say the Raptors in five Kawhi Leonard wins finals MVP for the second time Oof. Five. <laughs> that is that's a little too rich for me. Um, I I don't know. It's it's really tough to predict because I have no idea what's going to happen with um with it with injuries. Uh, with obviously Durant and even Boogie Cousins might come back. I, I'm going to say the Raptors in seven. If there's no Kevin Durant, if there is Kevin Durant, I think it's the Warriors in six. I mean. I think the biggest game, the swing game, is is game one. If if you get a lead on Golden State, they're not really a great comeback team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that by, like, coming down in series. They haven't – I mean, obviously they have adversity with coming back against a Houston team that – although I think they completely fucking imploded. And outside of outside of the, the series against OKC, they haven't really – they haven't really had adversity being down in series. And so I think that's really important. I also I also think right now that this Golden State team is ridiculously overrated. I mean, they played a they played a shell shocked Portland team that basically they had like twenty point leads going into fourth quarters and they couldn't make a shot. I was listening to it. People are, are talking about how the Raptors like can't score down the stretch, but I mean, yeah, the Warriors have got three elite players in Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. But two of those guys can shoot on the entire roster. I mean, the big thing for me is if you can if you can reduce the shit, number of looks that you get for Curry and for Clay Thompson by cutting down their three-point attempts, the, the way the Cavs won the title when they came back from 3-1 is they let the other bums on the roster for the Warriors, the Harrison Barnes, the Andre Iguodala's, the, the David Wests, the Sean Livingston's, they let them shoot. They can't shoot. Like you're telling, I watch the thing with me that turned it around against the Bucks was the Raptors started, started making the bums on the Bucks beat them. The Brooke Lopez's, uh, the Malcolm Brogdon's, who's a really good catch and shoot guy, but he's not really off the dribble type of shooter. The George Hills, the Pat Connaughton's, the Nikola Miritich's, the Ilyasovas. Those guys can't shoot. Like I know, I can stand there and put my hands behind my back and say, "Okay, fucking shoot it." There's a better chance of you missing than you making it. That's what the Cavs did to the Raptors. They got no respect for their secondary players because they don't deserve respect. And for me, that's what the, that's what they should do. They should just make the other guys give them any shots they want. And if they hit shots, then you're screwed. But I, I am more confident they'll miss those shots than they will make those shots. I'm. RJ and Jake, I think you both make great points. And RJ, I like your point about I have a really hard time seeing the Raptors push this, like win this in seven. Somebody, uh, somebody at work said Raptors in seven. And I, I just personally, if uh, depending on the situation, I mean, if the Raptors had to win in Golden State to push it to seven, then maybe. I mean, every single series the Raptors have won have been on. At, on home court, if I'm not wrong, uh, so I think that play like home. Say court, that again. Every series, so all three series have been won on home court. Like the, they've won them. Like I think game five. Did they closed it out. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. 
So like they won Game Five against Orlando at home, Game Seven against yeah. Philly. So I think that just plays such a huge factor for the like they they feed off this home crowd, and I think you're right too, Jake, in that you know the Warriors if they're down, they haven't really shown that ability to come back. We've also seen them blow a lead that three one lead against uh, against Cleveland. I mean LeBron and Kyrie just went off. On them too, so I think that played a factor too. Le- LeBron, LeBron. Did. Yeah, well, Kyrie hit a big shot, but it was LeBron. LeBron it was all. I mean, LeBron carries teams. That that's his. Me- against against the Clippers too, as early as this as this playoffs too, they blew that like thirty point lead too. Oh, that was the saddest thing I've ever seen. They couldn't make a stop. They couldn't stop anybody. And that that's the part I'm I'm. That, I, that's another thing. If you yeah. can get Draymond Green in foul trouble, they're yeah. fucked. Who the fuck is going to guard him? Somebody told me Andre Iguodala. I was like, what? Yes. What's the corpse of him? He's not guarding Damian Lillard. Like, like, this guy this guy can't move his back. He can't even dunk, for Christ's sakes. I love Iguodala. He can't shoot, though. And he is... He's not, he's not, guarding, he's not guarding Kawhi Leonard. He's not locking up Kawhi Leonard. Four years ago, four years is a long time when he actually did manage to lock up LeBron. He yeah. locked him up for like 32 a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that's considered locking up LeBron in the in the playoffs, for God's sakes. Um, I, I'm, I've am i really struggled to figure out what my prediction has, is going to be, and I think I'm leaning more towards RJ's wraps in five. And the reason being is that I think even if the Raptors were to lose game one, they have shown the ability to make the adjustments. I have a lot of faith in Nick Nurse. I know people have questioned some of his decisions, but the way he has yeah, made adjustments. Morons, huh? Yeah, like the way he has made adjustments, um, I just think he can, you know, he knows what, like, people say, oh, he hasn't been to the finals before. I'm like, he, he just seems so calm in in his approach to making changes, you know, his in his game plan. I think that will have an impact. I just think Kawhi has been waiting for this opportunity for so long since he suffered that injury that he he's going to be all business. And, you know, Steph is the guy that scares me the most because I see all the shots he can make. And I agree with you, Jake. I think Draymond, that cockiness attitude can can get him in trouble. And I think, you know, the Raptors in the, against the Bucs, the, the, the Bucs had hard times not fouling the Raptors. Like, they were forcing guys, for, you know, for reaches and all that stuff. I think Draymond is going to find himself in some in some trouble. And the Raptors aren't going to – Isn't guy... Draymond also pretty close on the technicals too? Doesn't he have like four or something and he can only get five? Yeah, he's definitely close. I know he had one rescinded. That would have made him close, but – yeah, he's pretty easy to piss. He's pretty easy to tee up too. Like Ibaka is the guy that can, you know, is willing to. I, I I'm just hoping Ibaka doesn't try to throw a punch at someone because you know he's capable of doing mm, that. I wouldn't mind that because <laughs> you know he'd retaliate too. So I mean, I think if you get under Draymond's skin, because we've seen him implode before. We've seen him, you know, get yeah, to his head, kicked LeBron in the dick. Yeah, that was not fun. Um. So and I know Kyle Lowry, he'll force the Bucks to take charges and and those sort of things. Like, I think they're gonna be able to 
do the sort of things that other teams couldn't do against Golden State, and they'll have the confidence to do it. I think the Raptors' confidence is just at, a, at a, such a high right now. Unless they get too overconfident, that's my only concern. I, I just don't see that happening. When you have a guy like Kawhi, Danny Green, you know, Mark Gasol too. Like, for as bad as he's been at times in this playoffs, he's also been like, all right, I'm not making my shots, but I'm going to be a horse defensively. I'm going to say the things, the right things as well to keep myself, you know, in check. So I think just that that savviness is going to play a big key in all this too. I kind of Lowry. think that Gasol's uh, his impact's going to be a lot a lot less now. The the Warriors this current iteration of the Warriors at least is not really a drive heavy team. They're more shooters, um, and they're going to want to space the floor. That's what their big thing is. That their Hamptons Five lineup is pace and space, and they go small. I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a massive Serge Ibaka series. I think if he shows up. If he could be really good because his matchup's going to be you know, like Kevon Looney or someone like that. But uh, I still think Gasol can be on there, but he has to be more in the post if he's going to have an offensive impact because he he's not covering Brooke Lopez anymore, who's just a fucking fairy who stands at the three-point line the entire game. Do, do you guys see a potential scenario if Durant comes back where Golden State runs that, like, sort of death lineup with like KD and, Dr- and, Dr- and Draymond Green at the four and five. Could we, could we see a potential scenario where nurse adjusts and, and doesn't go with any of the bigs and, or like, just goes, yeah. with, you know, Kawhi matching up with Durant. You have Serge, with, like, Serge playing and, center. And OG. Yeah. Or uh, yeah. I'm even playing center. Yes. You have Serge at the center. You have uh, Pascal at the, at the four, Kawhi at the three, maybe Norm or Danny at the two and, and Kyle at the one. I also see, you know, OG. I, I I actually think if if Boogie Cousins comes back, that would be a good thing for the Raptors. I think it would completely change their identity, for and not for the better either. I agree. I, I don't I don't see Boogie Cousins getting a lot of valuable minutes if he comes back. I just think he helps match with the Raptors matchup. Just like you said, they'll get to use I guess Soul more when when Cousins Cousins is in the game, and I just think that he'll be, you know, too slow to kind of keep up with this entire fast-paced offense that both teams are going to have. So I think you hit it right on the nail there. I don't think Cousins is really going to have that big of an impact this series, even if he does come back, just because of the matchups. I think they'll play him, though. I think they kind of – they kind of Steve Kerr kind of feels obligated to play him because of the risk that he gave up and the risk he's taking by coming back. I think they will play him, which I think is dumb, but they're also an incredibly arrogant team, as they should be, though. But I think that they would play him a lot. Yeah, and and the, and RG, you brought up uh, an OG, and I'm I'm a massive OG and Anobi fan, um, and I think you know there was that game against uh, Cleveland. I think it was Game Three where he hit that big three. Like he's a guy. I mean, I know he's coming off a massive uh, injury um, with the uh, you know getting his getting surgery literally before the playoffs. But if he can just um, come back and be just that lockdown defender that we know he can be and we've seen, the rest will take care of itself offensively, I think, when you have other guys that can play that role. I think even with Danny Green, like, you know, Danny, even if you can't, you're not making all your shots, it's what you do on the defensive side of the ball that's going to have the bigger impact. So He's got to show up, too. Well, I mean, I think he knows. Definitely. I think he knows that, and I think – 
he he's a guy I think that's you know he's been there before and he's I know that he he we thought he was gonna do better in the when he was struggling against Milwaukee but I think he'll I have faith that he can do better just because you know he's saying the right things and he's not I I think he was given the you know the time to realize you know he wasn't doing well it's not like he's saying I'm no I'm I'll get back to it. He he knows he was doing bad, and he can get himself back to it. I think I think for the Raptors, they've they've had tough matchups for individuals over the course of the playoffs. For instance, um, it was a terrible matchup for the point guards in the first two series for the Raptors because um, Orlando is super long and super big. Their point guards are big, and then you got Philly, who's just massive, and then. You know, it was an awful matchup for our shooting guards. I mean, well, I think just Danny specifically, and even Pascal, because they have really athletic long wings uh, who like to spread the floor. Guys like Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe, and you know Miritich and and guys like that, and George Hill. And that was, you know, you 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 just can't let guys like Danny, who are catch and shoot guys, dribble. I mean, we watched with Malcolm Brogdon. Look at was it Game Five when he turned it over off his knee. Yeah, game five. Game five. Like you make you make catch and shoot guys into dribblers, it doesn't work. So if you just guard the three point line, and that's more of what Milwaukee does, they kind of take off the three point line, which ironically they didn't do enough of against Fre- with Fred specifically. But I think this will be a good matchup for for Danny, but a bad matchup for a guy like Marcus Sol. So yeah, there's I think be... this might. Go ahead, dude. No, no, you go ahead, RJ. I think this might be a good matchup for somebody like uh, like Kyle Lowry as well. You know, the way he plays defense, he could really hound a guy like Steph Curry and make him put up some of those difficult shots. Yeah, if he makes them, he makes them. But I really want to see a big series out of a guy like him where, you know, he's been playing a lot better this these playoffs. You, you know, I always thought that he was a better playoff performer than people really give him credit for. But he's really, you know, shown up. He showed up in the Bucks series, and I think this is another pretty good matchup for somebody like him as well. You know, Steph Curry is not the biggest, greatest defender in the world. Uh, but, you know, they play great team defense. And I think that uh, it's a really, really good matchup, like Jake said, for the smaller guards in the wings as opposed to somebody like, like a Gasol. So I'd like to see Fred Van Vliet and, and Lowry take advantage of, of, the, of this matchup as well. Yeah, I, I, I really like the, the matchup. I, I, sorry, I didn't like the matchup for the, uh, for the Raptors with the Bucks. Guys like really long athletic point guards that Lowry has trouble with. Guys with length, I mean, you know, Bledsoe, he's got like seven-foot arms, and George Hill's long as hell. But he somehow overcame that, even with an injury. And even when he's played Golden State, Kyle's always played really well against Golden State. And, I mean, I think I think it's because he brings it on both ends, and he forces, he forces a guy like Steph Curry to play both ways. And, I mean, Steph Curry, probably the best shooter of all time, but he's not a great defender, and... I think that's another way the Raptors have to beat the Warriors is by going at Steph Curry a lot. Yeah, I I do like the way that they can. I they definitely I agree, Jake. They have better matchups going into the series. So I I'm curious to see how it all plays out. I think uh, we'll have to we'll have to do another one of these uh, after first couple of games at least into the series uh, if if uh, scheduling permits. Uh, gentlemen, thank you both for coming on. I know we were trying to get this done uh, before the before game one, and this will definitely be up before game one. 
Um, so thank you again for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you. So first off, thank you, Jake, for, mm-hmm. for coming on. That was great. I know you enjoy talking graps, and we do talk a lot of Leafs on this podcast, so it was great to change things up and give the Raptors their due. And and RJ, I know uh, this is your first time on the podcast. You know, you're no stranger to podcasting. I know that, but I thank you for taking the time even though you're dealing with a move right now so i i appreciate you uh coming on oh thanks for having me guys i'm always uh, always willing to talk some raptors i do have to say though if they're down 0-2 going back to the, back to the uh back to golden state you might you might never see me again okay i mean <laughs> hopefully that doesn't happen. happen they're gonna be up to nothing going back to uh don't go to I like the confidence. I love the confidence. Yeah, that's something you know. That's something that we don't get to see enough from uh, from Toronto sports fans. We always have the uh, the complex of when things get tough, we just we we, we kind of crawl away. So let's let's uh, let's hope for a better better change this time around. So thank you both for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Oh, thanks, man.